anything worth having. It's not like worth fighting for, but you're gonna have to fight for it. You're listening to the In Pursuit Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the In Pursuit Podcast. This is your host, Samson Jagoras, and today I got my boy, Joe Buckner, here. He's going to be sharing his fighting back story, fighting failure story, and uh, basically how he took uh, a pretty nasty situation in his life and completely turned it around. He turned that mess into a message. He also owns one of the dopest boxing gyms here in Fort Collins, and uh, he's going to share a little bit more about Beautifully Savage as well as the vision that he has going on there. And we're just going to chop it up for the next 30 minutes and let you guys get a little insight into this guy's mind. What's up, boy? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Love hey, it. Excited to be here. First things first. Yeah. It was your birthday yesterday. Yeah, it was. And I didn't call you. <laughs> and I didn't say what's up. It's all good. How's your turn? Uh, 43. 43 yeah, years 43. Yeah, 43. Yeah, good, 43. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like four or five months ago, you and I linked up and we were having lunch over at like Tokyo Joe's. Yep. And uh, we started talking about just authenticity, particularly in the fitness community, particularly in the fitness and business community and how there's just a lot of people out there who are faking it. And I think that you and I connect on that a lot. And... Um, I think that one of the things that has made you really successful is the fact that you are super authentic and sharing your story and what you've been through and, and how you got to this point. Um, so I'd love for you to just kind of like share a little bit more about what that is and what made you who you are and, uh, and just, um, yeah, dive in. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. Every time I see your Instagram, I think back to that that Tokyo Joe's. First, I was surprised how fast you could eat. Um, (laughs) Second, you know, it's interesting how many people in in fitness are just kind of like playing a role, right? They're trying to be the next Paige Hathaway or Noah Neiman or whoever, and so they're just kind of following the playbook. And I feel like, and and I know that you agreed on this, that the more people that can live in their truth, they're going to find people that vibe with that. That's why we say that, right? Your vibe attracts your tribe. So when we're sharing our authentic truth, that's when people are going to resonate that with that. Like if you're a mom who stays at home and you're busy and you got four kids, but you still find time to work out, other moms are going to resonate with that as opposed to trying to find the perfect picture, perfect caption, perfect pose, like every single time. So I love that that's the message that you're preaching, authenticity. And my story is... I mean, it's like a lot of people's story, right? On my own since I was 16, um, a kid making adult decisions didn't always turn out the right way. Ended up getting sent to the Department of Corrections in 2005 for, you know, being a street pharmacist is the classy <laughs> classy way to say that. <laughs> um, was fortunate enough by the grace of God to go to a boot camp, a military-inspired boot camp program that changed every bit of my life and then um came home put my life back together i'm giving you the cliff notes version by the way and then in 2013 had a spat of homelessness um due to a relationship ending and not being in a financial position to get myself into another place right away that lasted about six months and then you know just through um perseverance but also a lot of support and help from people in my life um you know gal i was dating at the time Lindsay you know, my family, I was able to put my life back together and, you know, get a great job in the copier industry. And that sort of started my ascent to where we are now, 
you know, I went from being homeless to within 18 months being a six-figure earner to year and a half later owning my own business. So it's it's been quite a journey. Yeah, I think that um, I think people have caught on now to the disingenuous Instagram posts and the the doctored photos. I can't tell you how many times I'm scrolling through people's pages and like I can't even like the photo because it just feels. <laughs> It just feels so fake to me. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that uh, has made you so successful at Beautifully Savage. Um, You have this mantra that you you tend to live by, which is fighting solves everything. Mm. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I'm just a firm believer that we're all fighters and everyone has that fighting spirit. And whether you want to or not, at some point, life is going to test you. Um, During that lunch, you shared with me some, some challenges that you had where you had to fight back. You take even the greatest fighter of all time, which most people would say is Muhammad Ali. Um, You can Google pictures of Muhammad Ali right now laying flat on his back because Joe Frazier laid him down with the left hook, right? But he had to get up and keep fighting. And that's what life's going to do. Life's going to try you. It's going to test you. And you have to decide if you're going to fight or give up. And I hope that people fight. So that's where that mantra comes from. Fighting solves everything. We try to take a word, fight, that usually has a negative connotation and give a positive spin to it. And it's interesting that you asked that question because Lindsay's daughter just got sent home from school two days ago for wearing one of our Fighting Solves Everything hoodies. Come on, man. And they said that it was negative and she can't wear that at school. So we had to write something to the principal and explain, like, as an educated person, hopefully you understand that there's more than one definition to that word. This is what it means to us. But it was a cool opportunity to kind of share the message again. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> That's phenomenal to me. So they got pissed off at the fact that she had the word fighting, thinking that she was, what, an MMA fighter? <laughs> what, was the, what was the explanation that you gave to the principal? You know, my explanation was simple. First of all, you know, she's a 13-year-old girl who's proud of this person in her life. Who he, She's been a part of this journey. Um and we just explained, you know, everyone has a battle to fight at some point. It could be obesity, depression, poverty, divorce, you name it. Everyone's going to have a battle to fight. And we try to encourage people to find the fighter inside of them and push through the tough times. You know, to fight also means to endeavor vigorously against an obstacle. It doesn't always mean a physical confrontation. So Yeah, 100%. I think that um, <clears throat> uncertainty, like, paralyzes a lot of people. And so if you're not fighting back and trying to break out of that, um, yeah, it can send you down a pretty dark path. I know for myself, like three years ago, I had a pretty gnarly panic attack. And after that, you kind of get like PTSD, um, where you're fearful that you're going to constantly have another panic attack. And the only thing that the doctors could do is try to put me on, you know, medication or something. And I was not fucking with that at all. And so every single day, I literally like, it was a mental battle for me to try to fight through that moment because I knew that as soon as I took the step to, you know, hang on to using those drugs to try to cope with it and didn't like fight back and develop my own coping mechanism that I was going to be screwed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I I agree with that a hundred percent. I think, um, in another sense is just fighting uh, the way that I take it is also just fighting for what you want. Absolutely. You know, most people are, are fearful of getting knocked the fuck out. Right. Yep. Um, and that picture you talked about Muhammad Ali, like he's the first person, to be like, yeah, that was me <laughs> getting yeah. get knocked out, right? And you just got to get back up. So yeah. I love that. And that's one of the things that I really try to preach and I'm hoping to share with this podcast is that people understand that when you're when you're doing it and you're failing and you're failing over and over again is when you're happiest, yeah. right? Um, 
I think that kind of ties in with obviously beautifully savage. Yeah. The name that you came up there, yeah. but like expound on yeah. that a little bit more. Man, um, interestingly enough, as I made the decision to open my own boxing studio, you know, I helped open one out south for Collins, another boxing fitness concept. And when I decided I was going to do my own, coming up with a name, right? Like, like you know, you've got you guys have pursue like you, you have to find a name that is catchy, right? That that sticks with people. And we didn't want to name it. And by we, I mean me, myself, and I. Who <laughs> <laughs> didn't want? To, I didn't want to name it like Old Town Boxing Club or Fort Collins Boxing, or um, because I wanted to remove people's preconceived ideas of what boxing is. I think that a lot of people still think that boxing is, you know, Ali with Parkinson's, Rocky Balboa movies where you're getting punched in the face repeatedly until you're bleeding all over the place. But it can be incredibly beautiful to watch two skilled fighters navigate a ring and, you know, find the right angles to land punches. But it's also incredibly savage to ball up your fist and punch another person in the head until they're unconscious. So it's both of those things. But at the same time, Life is both of those things, right? Like, life can be incredibly beautiful. You know, you see your child being born or what have you. Uh, and it can be really savage. You know, two years ago, I had two friends of mine just suddenly lose their spouses to cancer. Like, meet, like, overnight, right? Like, in a matter of months. Like, oh, you have stage four cancer. You're no longer here, right? Kids are left there, so on and so forth. So you get to see firsthand how life can be incredibly savage also, Um so there again, it's beautiful and it's savage. But then the last part for me, and a lot of it came from my personal life, and I think that humans are beautiful and savage at the same time. You know, you can take the most, the sweetest, kindest soccer mom in the world, put her at the park with her kids, and watch a stranger walk over and try to mess with her kids, and you'll see a whole nother side of her come out, right? right? You know, we all have that, and I think that it's hard to be a complete human if you don't embrace that there's some dark inside of you as well as some light. Doesn't mean that we give in to that, but it's a real thing. It's there. And so that is really where the catalyst for the name Beautifully Savage came from because I want to encourage people to understand life's not always going to be roses and rainbows. Sometimes it's going to be savage, and that's when you're going to have to fight. That's where the fighting comes in, right? But also, I think sometimes people get down on themselves when they have those dark moments, when they have those moments when they're not like over the top optimistic and feeling great. They're like, oh, I suck. And it's like, no, you're human. We yeah. all have those dark times. So that's yeah. where the name came from. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was talking about my panic attack, right? <clears throat> I never experienced anything like that in my life. So your mind starts spinning out like crazy and you start thinking, all sorts of crazy stuff. Like I had thoughts running through my mind just about like, am I going to do something crazy and hurt myself? Am I going to do something crazy and hurt my family? And uh, <clears throat> rather than trying to hide from that, I ended up turning that on its head and just talking about it more, just being authentic, like you said. And the more I had those conversations with people, like, dude, I've been there before. Like that's terrible. Like I know that feeling, and it made it seem more realistic and more authentic and more uh, like it wasn't such a big deal for me. And so yeah, I think that's crucial that we have those conversations yeah. and, and we do and it's it's a it's a form of like self-mastery you know know thyself right? yeah and so i have my weak points and it's something you know that i'm not happy about then i can embrace that and i can try to get better at it and change it but if you're just gonna like push it off like it doesn't exist man that's like this burning fire that one day is just gonna blow up right How, how'd you get into boxing 
you know, I've been boxing since I was six, man. My uncle Tony, who's like one of my heroes, he was a boxer when yeah. he was younger. Um, he was on the 78 Pan Am team with like Sugar Ray Leonard, um, yeah. the Spinks brothers. So boxing is kind of a part of our family lexicon. Yeah. Um, we come from what people would describe as a tough family, like one of those families where like the whole family will come fight you in the <laughs> middle of the street. Yeah. Um, that's a thing. But um, <laughs> so. I could imagine Jilly just like that. So she's probably your uncle she, too. she's the toughest again? one. What's your uncle's um, name again? Or your, maybe it's your cousin. It's your cousin. He came and remember he came and was helping me work on my house. I took a picture and sent it to you. Which one? He works for Comcast. Oh, my cousin Pete. Pete. Pedro. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Is he a fighter too? You know, um, you know, he seems like such a yeah, nice they're, guy. They're, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a it just runs in our blood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's more of a Wilson thing. But. um you know, I've just been boxing forever. Our uncles like one, had one uncle that was really big into into wrestling, one into boxing, and they just kind of wanted us to know how to take care of ourselves. And so, boxing was always my first love. Football was the thing that was going to get me into school, but I always had gloves and mitts. And you know, it's a cool party trick to to, to ask drunk dudes if they want to like box in a garage. And so, boxing has kind of always been my thing. But you know, how I got into boxing fitness was when title. Title Boxing Club was going to open. And the owner, cool guy, we became friends, was looking for someone that kind of had like that um, connections in the community with boxing. And so I went in and I talked with him and I was like, I've never seen boxing used for fitness before, ever, right? right? To me, it's like dingy old gym underneath a bar, which is where a lot of us used to box, with water coming out of the ceiling, like... That's what it was. Humid, sweaty. And then you walk in this place and it's beautiful, right? Yeah. And there's like ladies in there boxing and like kids. And I was like, I got to be a part of this. I have to, right? And so um, it was just cool to see, again, something that you love that maybe you don't think like this is something that everybody's going to do and see it being embraced by the mainstream. And that's where like the kind of the spark for boxing fitness came for me. And then just after three years of watching their progression, I just saw a way to do it a little bit different, and so. Before that, did you ever imagine owning your own boxing gym? Absolutely not. So it was Absolutely boxing not. fitness that turned even, even before I opened the boxing gym, I didn't like. I mean, you're talking months. Yeah. I never thought about owning one. Um, what was the trigger then? You know, Samson. The funny thing is, I wanted to op- open a men's store, like a, fo- a fashion store. Yeah, with like you always got the most fashionable <laughs> shit on, including <laughs> right now. Thanks. Yeah. I saw you like, walking uh, out the door, like, damn, this guy looks good. <laughs> Like um, like a lounge for dudes, right? Like premium denim, like high end, like t shirts, hoodies, sneakers. But then like four barber chairs where a dude can come in, get his hair cut. Yeah. Big plush leather chairs where you could get manicures, pedicures. But like a place for dudes, right? Yeah, just growing up. Lounge in the back where you could have you know drink while you wait. You know maybe smoke a cigar. Like just a place that's like dude heaven. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like big TVs, Xboxes, pool tables, you name it. And um, the more I researched, I was like, you need a lot of money to open one of those. <laughs> like, you need a lot of money to open that. And um, I even was talking to people about it. I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And they were like, that's a great idea. Right? But then just the more I thought, I was like, the barrier to entry to that is really high. Yeah. And I'd kept working out at the other place, and I just saw some opportunities, and I thought, you know what is a lower like something I could get into now that I would love to do and be able to help people is open my own boxing fitness studio and train people the way that fighters actually train and teach them how to fight for their life. 
Yeah. Fight for everything. What they was want. the startup cost to do that for that first? Oh man, I mean, we started with fifteen thousand dollars, but. I would never recommend starting a business that way <laughs> unless it's like a lawn mowing business or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Like, like you said, fighting failure. Like I've been failing forward the whole time. And sometimes I think, you know, this as an entrepreneur, sometimes you just got to freaking jump, man. Let's go. A lot of people want to wait till it's perfect and I have this much in savings. And it's like, that's cool. That might never happen, though. Yeah, you don't always need a plan, bro. You just gotta go. You just gotta go for I th- it. I think most entrepreneurs are that way. Yeah. It's like, they just go and they figure it out along the way. I mean, I, I've listened to countless stories of of that where they're like, "Yeah, I didn't know how to do taxes, or <laughs> I didn't know how to." Like, I'm sure you're gonna test to that, right? Like, yeah, how much I'm, about business did you know before that? I didn't know anything, man. Yeah, and then you got employees and and all Look, that. Stuff. I didn't even have a trash can when we opened. <laughs> Lindsay was like, "You need a trash can." I said, "For what?" They can take their trash with them. <laughs> I had to get a trash can. Like, I didn't have anything, man. I was just like, come punch these bags, swing these ropes. Like, yeah, and it's go a lot. Home, it's yeah. a lot like boxing, right? Like at first, you're not very good at throwing a jab, yeah. but you keep throwing the jabs. Eventually, you get pretty good at it. Yeah, you can and snap then you start them putting off. together comp- combinations and doing yeah. all that. And I think that's a lot like business and entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I think that what you said before, you got to have a plan. People prevent themselves from doing what they want to do because they're yeah. waiting for it to be perfect. And it's never perfect. There's never a right time to have kids, start a business, go on that vacation, go on that dream trip, whatever it may be. Lose weight. Right? Yeah. Like you don't have to wait till the first of the year. So yeah. You can wait till the first of next year right. to start on right. Wait till Monday. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start on Monday. I'm start on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Why not today? Right? Yeah. I'm gonna go for a walk starting every yeah. day starting Monday. Yeah, and I think that people assume that entrepreneurs, or they see people who are successful, and they think that that's that's the way it's, that it's got to be. Like, yeah. I gotta be perfect from jump, and you you become that, and that's a lot of what this podcast is about. Is yeah. Yeah, you, you do. You become that by pursuing it and figuring out, and you're going to be fucking happy as hell. Absolutely. Along journey. Yeah, man. I mean, to start it up, I mean, you couldn't even buy a used Hyundai for what <laughs> we, we started this business with. The cool thing, though, is, you know, I was willing to eat crap for the first couple of years. Yeah. Like, I think that's where a lot of people drop the ball, right? They're not willing to eat crap sandwiches for two years. They're like, oh, entrepreneur, like, like we talked about Gary Vee, like, oh, you know, I have an $800 million company immediately and I, you know, fly all over the world. And it's like, no, bro, Check you're going to eat peanut butter sandwiches sometimes. You might not eat, right? right? But yeah, people, you're going to be building something, right? Yeah, people don't realize that. They start yeah. making money. So my in my other business, which is marketing, we mm-hmm. work with small to medium-sized businesses. And that's what you see so much is they start making money and then they start paying themselves like almost too soon. Yep. And, um, and then they have no more money to grow their business or invest in marketing and you know how I am, right? Like, I'm yeah. a f- like we're a brand new gym concept in the last year, and we we're on pace to spend like twenty five thousand dollars in marketing. Right, and that's because none of the owners have taken any paychecks. We're paying employees, we're paying marketing, we're yeah. paying the business, we're reinvesting in all those things in order to grow that. Yeah, and absolutely. Then eventually, one day, then yeah, we'll be able to take yeah. a paycheck, but. Yep. eat shit sandwiches for a little bit. Luckily, I got another job that pays for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. you, you just went all in. I did, man. Yeah. I did. I went all in, and I just jumped. I was just like ignorance on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I think that people resonated with that, man. I think they did. Like, not as an affront to anyone else, and I, I definitely don't mean this as a negative, but I remember the conversation I had when the other boxing fitness place opened, and I just asked a simple question. Why'd you open a boxing fitness gym? 
just wanted to know. As someone that loves boxing, I wanted to know. And the response was crazy. The response was, I actually just wanted to open a franchise of some sorts. I looked at a lot of franchises. I did some research, saw that the fitness industry is supposed to grow by 12% over the next five years. And I wanted to be a part of that. So we decided on this franchise. And I was just blown away. But I think that that's one of those things where it's like, Attitude reflects leadership. So if the leadership is not fully invested in this, like 100% heart and soul, then that's what you end up attracting, right? Whereas in our place, people knew, like, I'm all in. This is my love. I want to be here for you guys. I coached 95% of the classes year one. Was I exhausted? Absolutely. <laughs> I lost my voice, like, four times. Like, But people could feel that passion, and that's what I think brought people in. That's how we were able to make a 32% profit year one, right? It's like most businesses don't do that. But again, people aren't willing to eat crap sandwiches. They want to pay other people to do the work. Well, I think it's authentic, right? right? That's what you're getting. Yeah, it's authentic. 100%. Because when you go to your gym and you take a class... The music's loud. You're going to hear some cuss words. Yeah, it's going to be sweaty. It's grimy. It's going to be hot. Yeah. You're going to be talking shit the whole time, yeah. hyping people up, getting yeah. motivated. And you just can't fake that. Yeah. Like, you you can't walk into a title box and no offense to them but, yeah. and get that. Unless, of course, they're you know genuinely passionate about boxing. Yeah. Um, and it's just different. And that's that's why Beautifully Savage, in my opinion, is the best boxing gym in Northern Colorado. Thank you. And the only place Thank that I, I've ever gone and will ever go. Thank right? you. Thank you. Yeah. Reels rec- recognize real. Yeah, know? man. When I walk in there, I got my ass whooped like 12 rounds on, it a, what is it, a minute it on each bear. bag? What class? Two minutes. Two minutes on yeah. each bag? Oh, my God. Yeah, two minutes. Yeah. I haven't been back for a while. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes on each bag. Yeah, but yeah, authenticity. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think people can just feel that, right? Yeah. I think people can feel that. Like when you go into your place, like you can tell that the coaches know their stuff. Like when you came and talked about nutrition at our place, it's like this isn't some stuff that he just learned off the internet. Like he lives and breathes this, and you guys looked apart, and like it's authentic. And I think we're going to see a cool shift in that. Like, yeah. You know, a lot of the, like, Shreds had the big thing a year ago, man, where people were like, you know, all the pictures are photoshopped, and but and Shreds was like the supplement company yeah. a year ago, and now it's was like... Was that Devin Physique? Yeah. blew that whole business up. Yeah, <laughs> he did, man, but it's like... Yeah. They were behind it 100%, right? 100%. So, you so when you talk about that. authenticity, people are starting to get to that, where now you see that a lot on Instagram, you see that a lot on... Nah, Facebook is kind of... Yeah, not awesome but yeah. <laughs> but you see it though you see people living in their truth now like hey here this is me i had to bring my two kids to work out with me right there's a lady i follow on instagram her name is becca mitchell and um she brings her kids with her sometimes because she's a she's a stay-at-home mom yeah committed right but she's like i have to get this done and i have my kids with me this is real life right right <laughs> yeah but you look in the comments and it's people who are like thank you for inspiring me like a lot of times I use my kids as an excuse to not get it done or whatever, whatever. So, like, she's attracting people who have the same story as her. And that's where we get with that authenticity, right? Like, a lot of us have the same story. But if we're not sharing that story in a real, real fashion, you're not going to well, attract the right bo- people. The so. boutique uh, fitness gym concept is really taking over. Yeah. I think it's authenticity. It's what you said. It's connection. Mm-hmm. People want to be able to identify with, like, 
yeah, I am savage. That is my gym. Like the people, the yep. people that go to your gym, they're fucking diehard. Like they <laughs> wear serious. all the clothing everywhere. <laughs> I'm surprised if you don't have tattoos and shit on their ass. Like they are, they are diehard. And I, I think that we are developing something very similar. You guys have that at for sure. pursuit where people are like proud of the community and yep. proud to say they go to that gym and proud to say that, that we do things a little bit differently. And so I think it is a life. It's a lifestyle. Is what we're building. It's not just the yep. not just the gym. It's a concept, and that's where the global yep. gyms are losing. Is you know the turnover. They don't yep. care about you. Yeah, yeah. You can pay forty bucks a month, or you can come pay one hundred and forty nine bucks a month and get like real coaching and yep. real connection. And Absolutely, that's what people are after. Yeah, I think that's how we found our way to each other, right? Like again, <laughs> yeah. like you know, again, you you said real game recognized game, right? Like. Like, you know, someone told Zach about me. He reached out to me. I was there at 6 o'clock the next morning to come check out the spot. You guys were at my space later that night, and it's like you just recognize what's what's real out there. So Yeah, I think that was uh, – I can't remember who it was. They're like, how do you not know Joe? Like, you guys would be best friends. James Ouellette. Is that who yeah, it was? my boy. Yeah, Jigga, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when you talk to James, man, tell him to come fix my fence. I'm going to try to get that fucker <laughs> over here for like three months. I will. Yeah. And I just talked to him the other day. He said he was going to text me. Yeah. So when you talk to him, there's another him. entrepreneur. I'll get his crazy ass on no, this podcast. He's got a great story, man. I know. I love great it. Great story. You know that guy showed up to blow out my sprinklers on a Saturday morning at like 530 in the morning? I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. And he the whole day he went from like five thirty to five thirty just blowing sprinklers. Yeah, out. that was one of my partners back in the day, like yeah. one of my running mates. I know, yeah. that's that's what I heard. Tell yeah. me more about that story. You know, How do you man. Guys know each other? I mean, we were both like high level street pharmacists. We we Oh, had, I didn't know he we, was in the game. We had PhDs in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's why I say like his story is remarkable though, because he's gone through the same journey, you know, and I mean he came out and he was like cleaned himself up and now he's got a massive landscaping business he does yeah he's and got a big heart too man yeah I love he's doing guy. the work though he's doing the work right like he's out there he's doing the work in the beginning he was in his truck every day working like he's still in his truck every day working like he's one of those guys that i look to and i'm like people are redeemable oh, if you huh. give an opportunity people are redeemable right yeah turn the mess into a message right and we're living examples and of that yeah yeah, what happened to you doesn't have to dictate your future. Mm-mm. You want to talk about small circle, right? Small world. So at Madwire, I used to hear this story about this landscaper that we used. It was just like he was a raving fan. Like Madwire in his eyes could do no harm, mm-hmm. right? And he would talk about the leads we were sending him. He was writing us reviews, yada, yada, yada. So then Zach and I partner up, and we start uh, the gym together. And then he tells me about this landscaper that I got to meet, right? Well, so I go on this landscaper's website. Turns out that's the dude. Yeah. It's the raving fan, right? Yeah. And then here we are having this. Man, is my yeah. first first yeah. podcast guest. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't know you guys were that tight. Yeah, but. that's my boy. Yeah, we go way back. Yeah, way back to when he had spinning rims on his car. No. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Were they doves? Oh, yeah. yeah. What was he, he had, driving? He had 24s. He had an Escalade, like, white yeah. Typical TVs, drug dealer like, car. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was, man. He was nice, one. though, man. Yeah. I was like, you ain't fooling yeah. anybody. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, well, who do you look up to in, in business and fitness and <sighs> the industry? Man. You know what's crazy, man, is that... So if you talk about business locally, right, like the, some of the people I've looked up to for a long time is like Brian Long started a place called Gibbs Bagels. Um, 
you know, Mike Howland eventually purchased Gibbs Bagels from him. Now they're partners in a company called Gibbs Grooming. You know, there's all the usual suspects in town that you can look to. You know, my buddy Ike Palmer is a great business person. Um, the Palmers do great business. Um, Jimmy from down Tony's Whiskey. Um, but in the last year, man, like, you and Zach have jumped up on that list because I love how you guys are able to juggle a lot of different things. Like, I had to go all in because I'm not that dude. Like, I can't go to work and go to my gym and like I just don't have the bandwidth for that because I'm very like obsessive like this one thing has to have all of my attention but I love how you guys juggle family business um and you guys stay fit and like so you guys I admire shit ton man like, like you guys probably don't even know but then um there's so many amazing people man my friend Libby Lyons Shelly Baca Cycle Bar like being in fitness has allowed me exposure to a lot of people that I didn't even know were out there before, you know, um, who are just doing such cool, cool things in the community. And we're all kind of on the same journey, right? Yeah. Like Fort Collins, uh, specifically the fitness community up here is crazy. Yeah. People don't actually realize, but it's, you have a lot more of the boutique type gyms. Mm -hmm. Um, we tend to get along really well and try to yeah. like help each other. Um, down in Denver, you know, it's, it's a little bit more us versus them kind yeah, of yeah, mentality. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the things yeah. that's helped us and uh, and just doing a lot more of this of networking and helping yeah. each other grow and shouting each other out and building yeah. each other up. And you've sent people our way and we send people your Absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah. We do whatever we can. Yeah. Then we can get over there and try to take a class or... Yeah, I think for we sure. Did, we did that community event too, right? Yep. We had people yeah, yeah. We, well, we did we, we did a big event together. Remember, at oh, Under yeah. Armour. That's like, right. Yeah, I we, forgot yeah, about that. We killed that thing. Yeah, um, we did kill that. Yeah, I think like nationally too, like Soul Cycle is a brand that I just admire. Lululemon are brands that I just am like, they just do it right, you know, and they built this crazy, I don't want to say cult like following, but like following like beyond reason. Right? It's identity. Yeah, yeah. And so like those are some of the brands that I really put up on a pedestal that like I follow obsessively and I'm like watching their moves and I'm trying yeah. to study and learn i've heard you talk about soul cycle a lot I, and i own like cycle. one piece of lululemon gear you this is probably all this is all lulu yeah it? except for these sneakers except yeah. for the sneakers yeah. yeah i own like one lulu backpack yeah <laughs> i tell everybody about it too that's a great like, backpack I don't, know if, I don't know if you saw this but this is lulu did so. you see this backpack come on this backpack <laughs> yeah no man like the fitness community here is it's really really cool and like you're right we do a great job of supporting each other and I think a lot of it just started at the same time. A lot of people jumped in at the same time, so we can all relate, you know, yeah, to some of what's going on. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're all going to be at the Fort Collins Fitness Festival, which is going to be it's going to be big, amazing. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. and you're an ambassador for that, and you guys are going to yeah. be on the main stage too. We right? are. Yeah. We'll be yeah. outside doing something, doing a booth. And same. Whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, main stage will be cool. It'll be a cool vibe. Yeah. We've yeah. got something special planned for that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't talk about it. Now, I'm just trying to figure out if I have to censor my music or not. Uh, I don't think you should. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, but... You think Rachel will make you do that? Probably. <laughs> so like you, Probably. Like, you're talking about mom, real quick. Yeah. She's pulling Probably. a mom card on you. Yeah. I just think there's probably going to be, like, it's such a mixed crowd that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be an expectation that the music is, you know radio friendly 
It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Just uh yeah, just bleep it out. Yeah. yeah. I can find clean versions of any song. I just choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever get any complaints about that? You know, we did in the beginning, but honestly, my thing was so when we first started, honestly, I played clean versions of songs. Right. And it was just kind of corny because every other word was gone. And so my best friend who he ironically gave me the 15 grand. He came from Arizona and took a class and he says, I thought you opened this place because you wanted to be like the truest version of yourself. I said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, he's like, do you listen to edited versions of music in your car? And I was like, nah. He's like, then why do you listen to it in your place? And I was like, dang, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. So one day I just flipped the switch. I was like, <laughs> we're going all in and, in the beginning, people were like, ooh, that's a little heavy. But now they just know, like, that's what this place is. Like, love it or leave it alone. I know. I, I battle with that. We actually got, like, we've gotten a few complaints about it. And uh, and it's, you know, you can cater to everybody or cater to no one. Um, we've made the decision to try to just keep it clean so that yeah, yeah. we get a lot of families in there, yeah. too. Um, so it's a little bit different in that sense. But uh, also just know your audience, too. Yeah. You can always edit the songs for that. But of course. When you think about it from scale, at like growing the business up into a franchise, which yeah. I, for us is a big part of what our goal is, yep. um, you got to kind of make some of those considerations. Yeah. You definitely have to make concessions, you know, and we'd like to do that as well. And we'll, you know, we'll, it, it's going to have to become more family friendly at some point if we want it to be as big as we'd like it to be. Yeah. But... You know, this place has, like, the essence of me all over it. So right now yeah. it's what it is. If you don't like the F word, then... Fuck off. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty uh, much. <laughs> so what's the vision for the the next few years with Miss Savage? Right now we're working on a, a second location in Loveland, just trying to find a cool spot. In Loveland? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, um, you know, originally it was like, let's go find a big like big space 3,000 4,000 square feet and make these massive gyms and then I just I traveled around the country and looked at these places you go like rumble boxing and their places are immaculate man they're freaking beautiful and you just think oh I'm not I'm not that I need to get to that right well you you also realize they started with two and a half million dollars worth right. of seed money so it's a little bit different right right second round of funding another 10 million right so it's like that's we're not playing the same game, 15,000, two and a half million. Um, but the more I thought about it, I just got back to like, this is actually our vibe, you know, small, intimate. Everybody feels like they're still getting that individualized attention. So the goal is to open Loveland by the end of the year. Um, we're, we're building out a reception area in our new place. So it's about 400 square feet. It'll be like a cool, like welcoming reception area. Cool. And then that's going to be the template for all the future ones. We're talking to some folks in Tennessee who want to open one. There's some people in Miami, Dallas. So it's cool that, um, to be able to build something that people are gravitating to and saying, we want that. Yeah. You know? I, and I think that's the model. I think you're going the right direction because just like any big global gym, it gets too big and then you lose that intimate connection right. with the people in the community. And it should almost reach a point, I think, personally, where it's like exclusive. Like the only way to get in a fight club is to be invited in a yeah. fight club. And right now, fight club's closed. Yeah. So I think that yeah. I think that's a good move yeah. on your part. So then that'll be the template scale. And then are you going to really try to push franchise? Is that what you're going to try to do? No. Just gonna be no, like, I don't. I'm not. I'm too much of a control freak with this thing for it to ever be a franchise. Yeah. Like, 
Like if I like got online and read a review that in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, I went to Beautifully Savage and took a kickboxing class, which we don't teach kickboxing. I took kickboxing and it was the shittiest place I'd ever been to. Like I would be on an airplane within an hour, right? But you can control some of that. Yeah, I can control it more if it's just a corporation. Yeah. And we own all of it. Yeah. Right. So is that know. what SoulCycle did, or are they yeah. are they franchised? Nope, SoulCycle's a yeah. So they're owned by Equinox, the God. big the fitness chain, Equinox. Yep. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. So um, and Equinox just yeah, Equinox is doing some good things. Um, so yeah, they own SoulCycle. So Sorry. it's all same vibe, everywhere you go. McDonald's French fry, <laughs> tastes the same everywhere you go. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you if you had to leave everybody with uh, with one takeaway from today. What would that be? Oh, God. Um, Anything worth having in life is worth fighting for, right? Whether it's your fitness, relationship, career, anything worth having. It's not only worth fighting for, but you're going to have to fight for it. So get ready to fight. You know, fighting solves everything, right? Yes, sir. I love yeah. it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank very you much so for being much, here, man. This is cool. It's a I cool can't wait vibe. To put this out for everybody. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Yeah. See cool. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Thanks for listening. If you love it, give me a five star over on iTunes, over on Stitcher, over on SoundCloud. Wherever you're listening at, I really appreciate you guys. If you got any feedback, insight, episodes, things you want to hear about, do not hesitate to shoot me a message. Thanks.